0: Thank you, Jesus. Corner church, wherever you are right now, sitting on your couch, lying in your bed, I don't know, outside, just lift your hands to God right now. Let's just receive that promise of God. He is for you. It says in His Word that if God is for us, who can be against us? Our God is for us. He is for you this morning. Whatever your situation looks like right now, whatever your circumstances, You've got to know that God is for you. Even if you can't see what's going on, even if you don't understand how God is working, He is for you, church. I just want to pray over you this morning before we get into the Word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we just thank you right now for your church. We thank you, Lord, for the absolute privilege and opportunity it is that we can still come together. You know, Lord, at a great distance, but God, that we can still come together. We can still worship you. We can still lift your name up together in the midst of hardship, Lord, in the midst of um, a difficult situation, that God, you are still with us, you are still here, and we just pray your blessing and your favour upon your church this morning, in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. I heard you, I heard you from home. You know what it's like, um, church, being, if you want to know what it's like doing online church for people on the other side of the camera, it's like being Dora the Explorer, where, you know, Dora, she likes to say, hey, everyone, say adios. And then she just kind of has to wait for a response and pretend like she can hear you. That's sort of what it's like. So this morning, I encourage you, I'm just going to pretend like I can hear your amens. I'm going to pretend like I can hear you, agree with the Word of God and receive it. And so I just hope that you're participating in that because I'll just go and ask you all later and make sure that you were watching and that you're participating. Um, I know there's like comment section, um, in this um, new digital universe that we've entered into, you can ask for prayer during the service. There's opportunities for you to ask for prayer. There's a Bible on your screen as well that you can use to look up the verses along with me this morning. Um, you can ask for prayer. You can raise your hand um, to receive Jesus this morning as well. So isn't technology amazing? Aren't we glad we live in this age when we have to go into self-isolation? So, God is good. But this morning we are talking about the voice of God. This is the last um, week in our uh, series about the voice of God. And we're going to turn from your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. It says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. I want to read that again. Isaiah 6 verse 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Wow, that's so incredible that God would just come and speak to Isaiah and he'd ask this question, who? God's asking that question this morning to all of us. Who will go? The voice of God is calling all of us. And I'm going to unpack that this morning. But the first important thing about hearing the voice of God is about positioning yourself to hear. You've got to position yourself so you can hear from God. So a few tips about positioning yourself is one, is you've got to remove distractions. We live in a technological age, and a situation like this, like I said, it's it's a real positive, because I can still talk to you at home, um, in your lounge room, or wherever you are. But there's a negative, is that we're always switched on. We carry these digital vi- devices in our pockets, and they're going off all the time, every day, bing, 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 We're always connected. We've got too much information coming in. And sometimes we get so distracted that it's hard for us to hear the voice of God because we're flooding our lives with all these other voices. You know, if you look in the Bible, Jesus actually sets a good example of how to hear from God. Because what he does is he removes himself from distractions. Jesus left the crowds or went up to the mountain to pray, withdrew himself um, at times so he could seek God and hear him clearly. Another thing that you can do in terms of removing distractions, and some of you guys are going to hate me for saying this, but it's get up early and seek God early. It actually talks multiple times in the Bible about seeking God early. And why I believe that this is so good, why this is so important, is because when you get up early, everything is quiet. Your house is quiet. All the people that like to sleep in, which is the most of the world, are quiet because they're still asleep. And you don't have all the distractions of the day buzzing around in your head because it hasn't happened yet. So getting up early is really, really good because when you try and seek God in the evening, sometimes you, you're loaded down with the stresses of the day. Your routine doesn't go the way that you planned and you might be out later that day than you expect and then you get home and you're tired and you try to read your Bible and pray before going to sleep and then you fall asleep while you're praying. Who's done that? That's I've done that. I'm sure you've all done that before. So seeking God early, removing distractions is a way to position yourself to hear from God. Another way is to humble yourself before God. It says in Proverbs 16 verse 5 that everyone in heart, uh, everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Whew. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. If we're not humble, if we're not willing to say, God, I actually need to hear your voice. I don't know it all. I need to hear from you. You know everything. I want to hear your voice. We've got to position our heart. If we don't do that, we're not going to hear from God because we're entering into His presence with pride. And God, says it's an abomination to have pride in your heart before the Lord. You can't hear from someone that you're not actually willing to receive from. And another way that we can position ourselves is to saturate our life with His Word. You know, we established um, in previous weeks that the voice of God is not necessarily an audible voice. I don't know many people that have actually heard the voice of God. And I'm not talking about when you hear like Morgan Freeman um, as the voice of God in many movies. Um, I'm not talking about that. That's not the actual voice of God. That's like the acting voice of God. But um, the actual voice of God, often God speaks to us through visions or dreams. He speaks to us through an inner voice or prompting, or He speaks to us through other people. So how do we know His voice? How do we know that it's actually God's voice? How can we differentiate His voice from our voice or the voice of others is by saturating our life in His Word. In Psalm 119 verse 105, it says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of the of God is living and powerful. It is sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God's word brings clarity. Like it says, it is living and it is powerful. How cool is that? If it is living, that means you can read the same Scripture 50 times over and every single time God can speak to you through it in a new way. He can speak to you in your circumstance. If you hold God's Word in your heart, you know what His voice sounds like so it can help you to know what's the difference between a lie and what's the voice of God because you've already read His Word and you know what His voice sounds like. You'll know when it's a good thing or a God thing. You know, for me in my life, there's been many times where I've had to discern the voice of God from a good thing or a God thing. There was a time in my life when I was about 18 or 19. It was like my second or third year of youth ministry. And I was really struggling. I was finding it really difficult. And I just wanted out. I really just wanted out. I was like, God, I can't do this anymore. And I remember speaking to one of my mentors about this and they said to me, hey, you know what? We, we, can, get you, we can get you a, a year off. We'll send you to Queensland. You can go and do Bible college there for a year and do an internship at this really great church. And then um, and that'll be great. And then I'll look after the ministry for you and then you can come back and resume later. And I was like, sweet, that sounds awesome. What a great opportunity. That must be a God thing because it's a good thing, right? You know, internship training at a, at a church to be a better leader. What a good thing. It's a good thing, right, to go to Bible college, to study God's Word. What a good thing, right? And, and you know, it, it's still a good thing because I'm not leaving my youth kids. I'm not leaving this ministry. I'm giving it to someone else to look after. It's all good. But uh, God had other plans. And I remember one day coming to this time, like we'd actually set everything up. We'd been contacting people. We'd made plans. I was all geared up to go. And I remember being in this time of worship at this conference and everyone else is going after God and they just, you know, you could just see the face of people. They're just at such a peace and having such a great encounter with God. And there was me and I'm getting knots in my stomach and there's deep pain in my stomach. And I'm going, what is going on? I'm like, why am I in agony in worship? God, what is going on? And I, and I I And God started to speak to me about this situation and I'm trying to justify with God saying, God, but it's a good thing. Do you not understand God? It's a good thing. Like I'm going to Bible college. How can you say to no to that? You know, it's a good thing. And, and God just this, this not just getting tighter in my stomach. And I was like, I'm not listening, am I? I was like, okay, God, you need to speak to me about this because I don't know what to do. And I said, God, I want, can you speak to me through your word? As this preacher comes to preach, can you speak to me And I'm listening. God, I don't know what to do. And I don't want to do things that are against your will. I don't want to go my own way. Can you speak to me? And so he did. And the preacher said this um, scripture in 2 Timothy 4 verse 5. It says, But you be watchful in all things, Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. And the words fulfill your ministry just echoed in my head. God was speaking to me through His Word. You know, someone else could read that Scripture and hear something different, but for me it was those words, fulfill your ministry, fulfill your ministry, fulfill your ministry. And if I left, I wouldn't fulfill my ministry. And that was God telling me no. And so I said, okay, God, I heard you. I heard you loud and clear. I'm not going to go. And what happened was it turned out a month later that overseer who was going to take on my role actually left the church. I thought, Wow good things and God things can look very much alike. So you actually need to know the difference. You need to know what God's Word sounds like. But it starts by positioning yourself to hear from Him, humbling yourself and saying, God, I'm ready to hear. God's voice is not always a yes to what you want, but it's a yes to what is the best plan for your life. The second thing we need to do is answer the call. So when God called Isaiah, he said, who will go? Who will go for me? He said, here I am, Lord, send me. We we can position ourselves to hear, but do we actually listen? It's all well and good saying, hey, friend, call me, call me up. Let's have a chat. And you sit by the phone waiting for the call and then your friend rings and then you just kind of watch the phone and you never pick it up. It's kind of useless, isn't it? If you never answer the call, what's the point of positioning yourself? You've got to have a willingness of heart and a commitment to actually say, God, I'm not just going to listen to you. I'm going to answer when you call me. What kind of answer are you going to give when God calls you? Are you going to say, here I am, God. Send me only if it's convenient for my lifestyle. Here I am, God, send me only if I feel up to it that day. Like I'll let you know on the day and then we'll see how we go. Or I'm not here right now, God, leave a message after the beep. I'm only available uh, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, like after five. Or here I am, God, send me, but only send me to do the things that I like, like that make don't make me change my lifestyle and make me feel good. Um, because I'm really quite happy the way things are and um, I think I'm a really good person. So I don't really need to change anything. But God send me. How are you going to answer God's call? God's not willing to keep speaking to you if you don't want to answer, if you're not willing to obey, if you're not willing to submit to His call. I find too often people say, God is not speaking to me. God doesn't speak to me. But actually, it's because you've heard what God said and you don't like it. So you're trying to wait for another answer. It's like those, I don't know if you ever saw those magic eight balls as a kid and you shake it and the little answer comes up to your question. And if you don't like the answer, you just shake it again and be like, oh, no, that was a fluke. Am I going to get a million dollars? And it says no. And you're like, let's try that again. Am I going to get a million dollars? And you keep shaking it until you got the answer that you wanted. God is not like that. You can't keep asking and expecting a different answer from God. His Word stays the same. What He wants and asks of your life, you need to be obedient. His call for your life doesn't change. In Matthew 13, verse 15, it says, For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. And Zechariah 7, verse 11 says, But they refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders, and stopped their ears, so they could not hear. Responding to God's call means you actually have to open your ears. We can't say, la, 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 God, I know what you want. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Do you actually? Because if you knew what God was going to say, would you have your hands over your ears? You know, would you, if you knew what God was going to say, would you, would you not actually then be doing it? It's like when your mom asks you to do the dishes and you say, yeah, I know, I know, I know, mom." But the thing is, as my mom always says, if you really knew, then why aren't you doing it? And it's the same with God. Here I am, God. Send me. God knows the best plan for your life. Sometimes God's going to ask you to do uncomfortable things. The Bible cannot be considered a nice book. God's word is not nice. It's amazing, it's awesome, it's powerful, but it's not nice. Because you know what it's, uh, this word says? It says that we're sinful and we're wicked and we need to repent. Repentance is painful. Dealing with the sin and, and, and things in our life that we do wrong and our disobedience is painful. But it's for our benefit. Responding to God's call when He asks of us, it actually says that we'll be persecuted for our faith. That's painful. Does that make this a nice book? Probably not. Does it make it a great book? 100%. Because you know why? God says, when you obey me, that things will be, as, as His Word says, stands true. So whatever He says in His Word will hold true. So if you do what He says to do, it will turn out exactly how He says it will turn out, exactly how He says it will happen. And He promises never to leave us and never to forsake us. So you don't have to fear in obeying God's Word. Yeah, it's scary, but God... Let's be open to answering the call of God. Let's not walk around our life going, la, 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 la. God, my life is fine. Everything's good. I'm a good person. No, let's listen to the Word of God. Tune into Him. Let's not be those that shut off our hearts. Because like it says, is the people turn their hearts away. They shut off their ears. But God said, if they would just listen, if they would just open their hearts, and I want to heal them. That's why God wants to speak to you, because He wants to call you out of the place that you're in. He wants to call you into a new day, into a new place. But you've got to respond. Here I am, Lord, send me. And the third thing is we've actually got to go. We've actually got to act upon what God has called us to. And that can actually be the scariest thing of all. I've seen so many people come to altar calls. I've seen so many people say, yes, yeah." They get so inspired after a sermon and they're like, yes, yes, God, I will go. I will do what you say. And then a week later, you follow up with them and say, did you do that thing God asked you to do? And they say, no, I didn't. But it felt good saying I was going to do it. So I feel like that's enough. That's not how God works. It's pointless if you don't put action to your words. You actually need to go. For me, God called me to preach His Word. God called me to lead from a very young age. I remember as a kid, I spent hours in my room writing songs of worship to God. I spent hours writing a book of sermons of messages of the gospel that God put on my heart. Mind you, they weren't the greatest uh, messages. I was like 10 um, and probably things that I didn't necessarily act out in my own life. But God was speaking to me, you know, and I started to preach to my teddy bears And I would play my piano, and my guitar and worship with my teddy bears. I'd lead them. They're very spiritual stuffed animals, I tell you what. We can spend our whole lives though preparing. I could have spent my whole life preparing. I could still be that kid sitting in the room writing sermons for my teddy bears and worshipping with my teddy bears. I could just fill up on the Word of God and just absorb it and become spiritually obese We've got too many fat Christians out there, Christians who just absorb the Word of God and sit in it. They're like, this is so nice. I just want to sit here and just enjoy God's beautiful promises and things for my life. But if you never go, then it's useless. It's pointless. If you never act on it. You know, by the time I was 11, I could say I was spiritually obese. I spent a lot of time soaking in God's Word and never acting upon it because I was too afraid of the consequences. I'm too young, I'm too shy, I'm too unpopular. But one day God spoke to me through his scripture in Jeremiah 1, verse 4 to uh, 10. It says, And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth His hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. The Word of the Lord calls us to go. We've got to position ourselves to hear. We've got to respond to His Word. Say, yes, Lord, here I am. And then we've got to go. We cannot be spiritually obese people who keep saying, yes, I received God's Word. That's awesome. But not actually go. So when I heard this Word from God, I began to act. I spoke to people that I was too afraid to speak to. I led my friends to Jesus. I started a worship group at school. I ended up preaching in my school and led people to Jesus. I was part of a prayer group at my school. I preached in my youth ministry and saw people receive Jesus. I went to Asia and taught in Bible college, spoken churches and saw people receive Jesus. I prayed for people and seen broken legs healed and sicknesses cured. And that's no credit to me. That's the power of God at work in my life. And God can do it through me because I simply said, yes, Lord, I will go and I went. And I just said, God, I just take that and I go with that. I go with your Word. I said, yes. You know, you're going to get opposition, but you just need to shut it out with the promises of God. You know, as a, as a young woman who's God called to preach and to pastor and to lead, can I tell you how many times I've been told that I can't do this? even by random strangers on on a train one day interrupted a conversation with me and my friend telling me you are a woman preacher like you're not allowed to speak you're not allowed to speak women are deceived I was like that's actually not like what the word of God says and you're going to get opposition but the thing was God called me first God called me first. And I'm telling you that God called you first. Maybe you weren't listening when He called you. But before anyone spoke lies over your life, before anyone told you that you couldn't, God called you first. And God called me first. And you've got to make a decision. Are you going to listen to the voices and opinions of other people? Or are you going to make sure that you're aligned with the Word of God, that you're listening to the voice of God, that you're grounded in His Word and you're acting out in faith what God has called you to do? Because the only person in this life that you will be accountable to when you die is God. The only person that the actions and of your life are accountable to is God. The only person you have to face when you die and give an account of your life is God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to come before God and say, God, I didn't do what you asked me to do because someone told me that I shouldn't and I couldn't and I can't. Or because I was too afraid. Or because... I just felt comfortable where I was and I didn't want to move. Or things were too difficult or things were too hard. No, God has called you to go. Man of God, woman of God, child of God, let me speak to you today that God is calling you to go. If you have heard His voice, put your hand up, say, yes, God, here I am and go. Let me just encourage you right now because I know some of you are struggling Because there is lies that have been spoken over your life that you need to break off of your life with the voice of God. So here's some encouragement. For those who say that you can't, for those who want to give up, who have been told their life is worthless, to be afraid that you won't make it, that you're not enough, that you'll never amount to anything. That you won't raise your family well. You'll never get a job. You'll never be accepted. You'll never be forgiven. You'll never get out of your bad habits or patterns. You'll never escape. God has a word for you. And I just want to read a few over you this morning before we finish. Deuteronomy 28 verse 13 says, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them. John 16, verse 33, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 1 John 4, verse 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Philippians four thirteen. Not that I speak in um sorry, it's a little bit extra. I just uh, eleven to thirteen. Sorry, not that I speak in regard to need. For I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and how to abound. I, whether ev- um everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hebrews ten verse thirty nine. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but those who believe. to the saving of the soul. Isaiah 40 verse 29, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Romans 8 31, what then shall we say in these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Proverbs 3 verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Romans 8 verse 38 to 39, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor Things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whew. God's word is powerful. It's good. It's so good. God is calling you today. Are you going to position yourself to hear? Are you going to answer his call? Are you going to go? Are you going to be obedient? And act. This morning, wherever you are right now, I just want to ask a few questions, but I'm going to start with the most important question. This morning, wherever you are, maybe this is your first time experiencing church and what a way to experience it online. Maybe you've been a Christian or been in church for a long time and you've known about God and you've done your religious duty, you've gone through the motions Whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance, it doesn't matter. What matters is, are you right with God? God is calling you to Himself. That is your first calling is to relationship with Him first and foremost. And maybe this morning you don't have that relationship with God. I just want to ask you this morning, if that's you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, and you want to accept Him into your life this morning, I just want you to raise your hand wherever you are. And when I say raise your hand, we do have a virtual hand you can raise. Isn't technology awesome? You can raise your virtual hand and we'll have someone that's going to pray with you. We've got pastors behind the screen this morning that are ready to pray with you and, and help you on a journey to receive Christ. So that if that's you this morning, this is such a great opportunity. You don't have to worry about who's around you. You can just raise your hand and say, yes, I want to answer the call. I want to accept Jesus Christ into my life to be my Lord and Saviour. So if that's you, just raise your hand this morning and we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to get you connected to church. We'd love to get you a Bible and and continue this journey with you. But it is the most important decision you can ever make with your life. So please, I encourage you, don't wait. This morning, make that decision. Thank you, Jesus. And this morning as well for church you guys that are believers, for for those who do follow Jesus. You know, God has a call for you too. He calls you firstly to Himself, but we're not called just to be spiritually obese Christians, just absorbing God's Word, but we're actually meant to go out and exercise our faith. And maybe you can't physically walk outside your doors because you're in self-isolation, but the power of technology, you can reach out. You can send toilet paper to your neighbor. You know, you can go and write a card and put it in someone's letterbox. You can um, pray for people. You can connect with people over um, social media, online. There's so many opportunities. and you can And the most important thing, like I said, is you can pray. And you can pray and you can pray because our nation needs prayer. But God is calling you. So this morning, I just want everyone, wherever you are, just to lift your hands. If you want to say yes to the call of God, just raise your hands right now. When we raise our hands, it's a sign of surrender to God. And I just want to pray over you all. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you right now that you are an awesome, mighty, powerful God. That there is nothing that is impossible for you. And God, we just pray a blessing over every person this morning as they raise their hands, Lord, and surrender to You, saying, yes, God, here I am. Send me. And Lord, we pray that You would just speak to them. God, that you would just put a a passion in their heart, a desire in their heart for the things of you. God, that you would bring clarity to their situation, to their circumstance, to see what it is that you're trying to speak to them in this time. And God, that you would send us out. Send us out in your power. Send us out in your love. And God, that you would send us out in your protection during this time. We just pray that you'll bless your church, that your church will rise in this time. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen right. I heard you, church. So I just encourage you guys, stay connected with each other. Thank you for coming to church. It's probably going to look like this next week as well. So stay tuned on our Facebook, on our Instagram um, to get the link for our next service. And uh, we look forward to the day, though, when we can all gather together in this building again and worship God together. But just keep um, keep encouraging one another. Keep going to connect groups and just keep praying um, for our nation because we really need it right now. So have a great day, church.